Hey guys, this is Zach. Uh, before we get started with episode 7, just wanted to thank everyone for uh, the support the show has received so far. And uh, just want to say the way you can help me out is by rating and reviewing uh, the show on iTunes or uh, your podcast app, however you listen to podcasts. This stuff helps a lot. Um, and also there's a Patreon uh, like donation thing if you feel like you want to hook it up hook it up because uh you know shit costs money it's just fun i'm gonna keep doing it but it's uh it would be a help if uh, anyone wanted to chip in a little bit and that is uh patreon.com slash 185 miles south that's uh patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com 185 miles south if you want to uh support the podcast and uh if we can get that going i'll come up with merch or some shit to hook up um that's all thanks for listening guys and uh sorry for begging like that good god man one hundred eighty five miles south a hardcore punk rock podcast. Uh, this episode was recorded on April 26th, 2019. Today I have uh, Stuart Wilson, played drums for Never Met, also currently plays drums for Omega Point. Is that correct? Yeah. And, uh... Nard scene veteran, and uh, this uh, this summer, this spring, was it? Was the tape going to come out? Yeah, probably in the next couple months. Okay, I'll so say. in the next couple months, uh, he's going to put out a, a cassette compilation of uh, '90s Nardcore bands. So that's pretty cool because uh, going back to the first episode that we recorded here of 185 miles south. Uh, we interviewed Joe Revis, and a lot of you are probably like, "Who the fuck is Joe Revis?" You know, but it'll it ties in with this stuff uh, of of Nard having such like a a rad amount of bands in like the the nineties that never got like any sort of exposure. So uh, yeah, Stu's doing a comp. Does it have a name? Yeah, it's called Reflections. Reflections. Yeah. There you go. After one of the best songs from that era. Oh, with the yeah, with the clenched fist songs, right? So I thought what we do here, um, well, I don't know, maybe actually we should let's let's do a little bit of current stuff first. Like uh, as I've explained on this podcast, I, I grew up in Oxnard, but I've actually lived in San Diego for the last thirteen years. So maybe Stu can give us a uh, a current Nard scene report. What's happening? What's happening? Dead heat's happening. That's right. Dead heat's happening. Dead heat's out there. They're fucking playing all over the states. They're playing fests. They're putting out vinyl. They're putting art on the map. They're they're just doing it. They're like a freight train. They're unstoppable right now. It's fucking tight. And uh, you know, Omega Point, we're trying to do it too, but we all have our lives, and we tend to those first. But <laughs> Yeah, is there an age difference between you and the Dead Heat guys? Um, no, not really. It's like 
I think a few of the members maybe are a few years younger than us, mm. but um, it's we're all the same age. We've all been doing the same, been in the same bands together for like the last fifteen years. Yeah, I've been so happy to like see them pop off. It's awesome, and, and maybe that's a Nard thing too, right? Like, it's not competitive because we're never really. Uh, I don't know. We're we're the scene sixty miles north, right? We're not trying to be like, yeah. Not trying to be super popular, right? No. So, so in that, uh, not that we don't want to be popular. We would love all our bands to sell a million records and have, you know, sell out the Coliseum and shit. But, <laughs> but my point is, um, I don't think there's, I don't think there's like uh, the jealousy that you'd have other places, right? No, it's just accepting. Yeah. Like, we all give a shit about each other because we all come from the same place. And I feel like coming from Oxnard, or even just like around the 805, there's just like you just get it. Yeah. It's like a special feeling and you're all just kind of like, yeah, we're like doing this shit together. So it's like, it could be a fucking power violence band or a punk band or like a thrash band, whatever like subgenre you want to do. And, and it's all just going to end up being the same thing in the end. Cause we're all from Oxford. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I can ever remember feeling like a little bit of that was when like violation was getting flown around and shit. Oh yeah. And I was like, God damn. Like, that's nice. Yeah, <laughs> like, right? I'd like, I'd like to go do these like short ass little tours and shit. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it wasn't jealousy. It was just like, that's, that's cool. And like, yeah, when dead heat started blowing up, it's like, fuck yeah, dude, just another one, you know, like, because in my opinion, like, you know, the kids in this area, they've always been there. Yeah. It's just been for someone to like, I don't know, like take it seriously. Isn't, isn't the right thing to say, but kind of roll out the band like with, I don't know, like you have to start out properly. Exactly. I feel like they did. Yeah. They did. Um, they, they just kept putting music out and they knew how to do it right at this time period where how music is like accessible. Yeah. And so they just did it in that way at the right time. And like people were like just into it. I feel like more people were getting into thrash or like, glorifying thrash and they just kind of started the band at the right time yeah too but um yeah they just fucking did it right yeah and they rip yeah and, they, right. and they're good fucking musicians too yeah it's not like they're not a band where i listen to it and it's like oh like they're trying to like do this it's like they just fucking they're trying to rock and knocking it out of the fucking park yeah they just rock <laughs> so um yeah let's let's dive right into uh reflections like i love the idea of this thing um we should debate a little bit on the format but uh you know why do you like cassette uh i live in my van and i have a shitload of cassettes <laughs> um i mean i was gonna do a cd but cds are so whack yeah um but now i mean shoot Maybe I could throw you guys for a loop and press it because I'll have all this money because I'm not paying rent. <laughs> and uh, that'd be tight if I could get everything mastered properly. Yeah. Um, do a double LP or something. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's hard to say. Like, uh, I don't know. I think you said is like, it's, it's cool for this. And I, I like to tie in with like living in your van. I, I just, it's the worst format. I remember like going on tour and having to like, we'd make all it because we just had a tape player in the van. We didn't even have like the like the CD player, you know. And you yeah. put in like the little plastic tape, and then you could play <laughs> yeah. your CDs, even though they'd skip and shit. But uh, yes, yeah, so we'd have to like make all our tapes in advance. It would like 
that's what I was doing like the month before tour is like making all these like mixtapes and like, oh, this band goes on this side, this band goes on this side. And then like you go on tour and like five days in, it's like I'm fucking burnt on this. Yeah. And then you like, I don't know if having tapes for a long time, like other mu- other uh, formats, like the quality doesn't degrade. Yeah. So like tapes, you know, like you get those old ass tapes that sound like they're underwater. Yeah. And shit, you know, so. Yeah. But anyway, it's it's cool. It's been interesting watching like the uh, the resurgence of people That's enjoying true. them. That's another thing, you know. Yeah, it's just people just like them. Yeah, and they're cheap to press. They're so easy. And uh, you know, vinyl's back so big, and like the majors like globbed onto that that all like the pressing plants are backed up like like three quarters of the year. Yeah, absolutely. Like Rainbow. Yeah. Like, good luck. Yeah, we're like, I don't, you're gonna professionally press the tapes. Yeah. It's like, it's somewhere in the middle of the country. It's, it's actually really cheap and like the turnaround's like a couple weeks, yeah. right? Yeah. I don't think anybody's like, oh, dude, you gotta put this on tape. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, a little bit of it, right? But it's a bunch of people that are like, make me a hundred. Yeah, exactly. Like short yeah. rounds or. Yeah, it's not like Beatles repress. No. <laughs> so I remember uh, I put out the first Somali Pirate 7 inch when we did that band and like. It was kind of an acquaintance that worked at Rainbow. And, you know, he's like, it'll be done in whatever he said, like, let's say eight weeks or something, you know. So I give him, like, ten before I start, like, bothering him, you know. And then it's like, hey, man, it's been, like, you know, ten weeks. Are we getting closer, you know? And he'd be like, ah, you know, another week or so. I was just getting really fucking impatient. And, like, I don't know, whatever it took. Like, no big deal. Like, I'm not sour on the story or anything. But I go to pick up our records and like, you know, when you get 500 records pressed, it's like two little tiny boxes. <laughs> yeah. And like I go to pick them up and they're like put out in our little pile, like separated from everything else, like really professionally, like how they do it. And then just like next to us is like this like onslaught of like Beatles represses, like stacked like to the fucking stars. Like it's like it's like this like city of records, like just skyscrapers of records and the stupid little Somali pirate seven inch, like two little fucking boxes that like the Beatles shit out. And I felt like so small, like to be like, dude, how did I even bother this guy? Like, yeah. I should have like, just let him call me when they're ready. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like, stoked. It's a record. You're always stoked. No, I know. And like, and yeah. I, I do believe that like, you know, if you're a business, if you're going to like, take business and you say something like you should, you treat like the small clients, like you treat the big clients. Oh, for sure. Right. So let's jump in to this. We're going to start it off. It's just cool to go through it, right? Yeah, dude. I was saying like, I'm not going to like ruin your, like you're not looking to like unveil it. it And people are like, Oh, there's a shit. Yeah. Let's do it. I remember that forever. No, no, I think it's, it's going to be fun to go through this and like, and then we're also going to find out that I'm a poser on a bunch of this Ventura stuff. So, all right, let's start it off with burning dog. That was Joe Rivas's band. Oh yeah. He was here for the very first uh, interview that I did. And uh, you went with the song Oxnard and the I, song Mumbles. Yeah, I did Oxnard because I did the, the 99 version of Oxnard because they start with the LRQ intro. Uh-huh. I feel like that's a good way to kick it off. And then they go into like this badass um, intense energy part. Uh-huh. 
It's just fucking. Tight. I don't think I've heard that. Oh, the ninety nine so version. Yeah. What is that? Yeah, is that it was a, on that okay. CD. I think it was on the. Um, yeah, it was that CD one. That, okay. With like the okay this time of feeling. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. It was on that one. I'm gonna have to like dig that up. You know, with you saying CDs are terrible too. Like, I also feel that. And they just like it's in the dustbins of history. Like, I've said several times on here, like. My favorite hardcore record, probably the '90s, is uh, the Powerhouse record, the first one, and it's like yeah. it didn't come out on LP, and like people don't know about the it. The dice, yes, yeah, 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 it's great. Yeah, it's like it's it's just the most ignorant record. Like, I mean, you as a drummer, like how that drummer's playing, like, because yeah. he's doing like the the shitty like cheat punk beat, you yeah. know, like on the one the or monkey. the two, yeah. you know. But then he's doing fucking uh, the No Effects double kick. Like with it, like do that, do that, do that, do that, yeah. do that, do that, do that, do that. Yeah, you know, opposed, he just hauls ass. Yeah, he's like hauling ass, opposed to like doing like you know the Ray the heartbeat, the hardcore be like do that, do that, do that, do that, do that, do that, do that. He's like doing the no effects and like the shitty punk beat at the same time. I just think of the mouthpiece drums. Oh, the mouthpiece drums are the fucking worst. That is the worst. That's the worst. That's like, the worst. The American Nightmare, early American Nightmare shit is like that too. It's like. That's that's better than the mouthpiece. The mouth yeah. the mouthpiece like LP is like the apex of bad hardcore drumming. Yeah, and that's I always I always thought it was so funny because like people compared mouthpiece to Chain of Strength, and it's like maybe in like the way that like Tim the singer would like go from kind of like the the lower talking to like the ah yeah you know maybe what remains you know like that's kind of like the chain dude like going for it but it's like what made chain of strength so great is fucking chris bratton like just fucking smoking on the drums yeah you know the drumming on those yeah records are all fucking good yeah it's like the the drumming on chain of strength is like he's the greatest hardcore drummer of like the straight edge hardcore bands yeah you know and then like youth group band yeah yeah, and then like mouthpiece is like pretty bad dude (laughs) like pretty bad pretty bad i Um, mean Different sounding, like it's an interesting sound. I mean, no youth group band sounds like them. That's true. But yeah, they're, they're just like a nineties. They're like not even. They're like weird. Cause it's like were they like the last youth group band or well, like the first revival band? No, they were like the yeah, they were like the band that kept it going like right after. So like of them, I don't know them, and then there was like another band called Half Mast um, mm-hmm. from Buffalo. Mm. And then I don't know who else you would say, just like kind of in that gap, like between like ninety ninety one and yeah. and like I don't know the Tanner fight demo is probably like ninety four, ninety four, ninety five. You know, floor punch demo might have been ninety four. So. Yeah, yeah. In those in those years, like that's like mouthpiece. And then I don't know. My, I mean, my favorite band of that like little short genre is Outspoken, but they're not like. Uh, a fast youth career. No, they're like mid-time. Like yeah. Yeah. But like non-metal. No. They weren't like a no. metal type band. They're, yeah. It's weird. They're kind of like mid-tempo. Very like drivey. Yeah. You know, like, it's, like I, I love uh, that Verbal Assault album Trial. Uh-huh. And like, I think Outspoken is kind of like that. Like, those are two of my favorite albums to like drive to. You know, like, you know, like there's no traffic. It just feels good to like, drive to those records you know yeah plus the outspoken like that shit this shit is fucking hilarious like to write he wrote a song about how hard it is to be a pretty girl 
like like he was a girl like no just like feeling the pain of like the pretty woman you know and like i was like dude you totally wrote that song to fucking slay that oc that oc (laughs) trim you know like like oh my god dude Let's, I hope he did. I know. I. I mean. He probably did. I probably. hope he respectfully dated many yeah, nice girls. Held her hand. Yes. Um. But that that's a funny angle on a song. I thought. So. Yeah. The, I I can't remember that version of Oxnard. I remember the Oxnard from the demo, and like it's <laughs> it's a cool mid tempo song, and also like it's funny because Joe is such like a a worldly, intelligent, like, warm. I would kind of consider him PC. Like, he's a guy, like, measured with his words. But the words on the Oxnard song are not, like, PC, you know? I I believe there's... What can you think is lame? (laughs) Well, and I I believe there's a line that says, Oxnard, we've got the loosest sluts. Oxnard, beaches strewn with seagull guts. (laughs) Do that that didn't make it on the ninety nine version? No, I don't know. I just remember he says like uh what did he say? He says something about Ventura and he's just like like Petras is just as shitty or something like that. Like, okay. <laughs> and then uh the second song mumbles, that's from the localism yeah. comp. Yeah, that and that seven that first seven inch this psycho bubble. Yeah. yeah. I, and I love that song. Oh, excuse me, guys. The beginning of it. It's good. Dude. Yeah, that's like a very unique song. Like, it's a standout. Yeah, dude. It's a good fucking song. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think that's that's like a really showing, like, they got that unique sound. Moving on, I do not know anything about this band. So we hit Zach's Opposer. On the second band already. Dang. Boiler Man. Do you know anything about him? <laughs> Just Dobby Revis's band. Oh. <laughs> Boiler Man is sick. Yeah, dude. That band's fucking tight. They sound like, well, kids would love them now. Mm-hmm. They sound like Turnstile and like Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. Um, and like Downcast. Okay. It's fucking tight. Or yeah. Not, not down, um, Downset. Downset. Yeah, Downset. It's just, it's like. Rappy and he like he played he played bass and sang dude he rips yeah yeah well um, fuck it's a good ass song it's just tight in my defense whenever Joe gives a history of Nard like there's a million bands I never heard of yeah and he can't take it all in yeah that's why I was like dude that was like the undertaking of this whole comp I was like oh this would be cool I'll do like twenty songs or something and then he can everyone was just like throwing all these songs I'm like yeah this is kind of a lot of bands yeah and let's, they're all good let's jump into that a little bit like uh. It's, it's mostly due to Joe and John Carrara being good at archiving, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. They they just kept it all. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah. And they were two of the most important people. And, Insane, yeah. And so important for someone to archive like that, right? Yeah. They, they just digitized everything and were good at organizing it. Yeah. Like, pretty anal about it, it seems like. Yeah. Which is, like, incredibly beneficial now. Um. They yeah they they just kept it all and thank God I know it's awesome it was important uh, like Fred put out a lot of good stuff at the time and like that localism comp like it was so important of like capturing like all those bands but it wasn't like all inclusive because there was like a little bit of a rift between like 
Ventura and Oxford at that time, mm. that all the Ventura bands were represented. And uh, that's why this, this comp is exciting. You know, it's like 20 years late, but yeah, I can't wait for it. It's so it's not, it's like, it's, it's, I don't know. I'm, I'm just, I'm ready. I think it's gonna be cool. Yeah. Uh, moving on. You got two voice of defiance songs. Yeah. And that's my old band. So we'll skip it. Same thing with uh, In Control right after it. It can happen. Now, I should say that Voice of Defiance, we made the cut because we started in 96, at the end of 96, and we were playing shows in 97. In Control barely made it. Barely. Like, I almost didn't put you guys on it. Yeah. Because I I feel like after this, I want to do a 2000s one, too, Mm -hmm. because that would be sick. Um, and you guys would be on that, but it's like, you guys barely made it. Um, but I got to put the demo in there. Yeah. The demo came out in, it would have been, I believe October of 99. So we barely made it. Barely, barely made it. And, and that's cool. The demo is like, it's a pretty different sound. I listened to it the other day. Um, I don't know why it's like clearing out my iTunes or some shit. And, uh, it's a fucking weird record. Like, I mean, I was 19 and I was like writing songs that I feel like were kind of complex, but I've just never had the knack for like making things sound how I want them to sound. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's no fucking distortion on that record. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, and I wasn't, <laughs> I lot, definitely, a lot of songs. yeah, I wasn't going for like a minor threat, like sound. <laughs> So, like, why am I going, like, no distortion, you know? Like, what the fuck? I don't know. And then, like, you're right. There's a lot of songs. It's like, I'm trying to write a fucking LP on yeah, the demo. Like, dude, this is a demonstration cassette. Like, put out three songs and yeah. shut the fuck up, yeah. dude. You know? Uh, it's, it's all weird. Anyway, um, moving on, by all means, this is uh, Roger who plays uh, guitar and retaliate and plays with the Warriors and... Uh, is super prolific, played in No Motive. Um, just all around pol- prolific dude. Uh, does engineering out of the Bright Light Studios in uh, Santa Ana, California right now. And uh, yeah, by all means, with the song Clutch. Um, I love this song. It's a good song. <laughs> Great 7 is too. The art's sick. The art's cool. Uh, the art's cool. Uh, the dude from um, Yellow Card plays on that. Yes. Yeah. Um, Alex. I, I'd pronounce his last name wrong if I tried. I couldn't even read it. Yeah, so he uh I don't I okay, he played in Yellow Card and I might have this story wrong, but I'll tell it just for the sake of telling it. I think that the main yellow card dude who's like the songwriter and everything is the bass player. Mm. Okay? And so Alex also plays bass. And I think that like maybe that guy was like burnt out or something, and Alex played like for all the time that like he wasn't in the band. And then like, they got really popular. And then like that guy came back, like, what up? I'm like back in my band. (laughs) So like (laughs) Alex got the boot. Like they're they're a winter band, right? Somewhere around here. Cause I always drive by ocean Avenue. Yeah. I feel like somebody said, it's like, Oh, there's an ocean Avenue in TO too. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I think they, well, no, I think they're a TO band. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I don't know. They were like a ska band, right? They had like a violin. And yeah. The dude, the dude, the dude that played violin 
did backflips. That's all I know about the band. They might have done like Bizarro Ventura. I don't know. They could have just been a conglomeration of everything. Like, yeah. they definitely weren't like a an awesome punk band. No, no, they saying. weren't. But they, they kind of were like like they were like I don't know pop punky. Yeah, they were adjacent. Yeah, you know, um, punk rock adjacent. But yeah, by all means, it was cool. Uh, Roger played drums, and uh, when he joined No Motive, he he started by playing bass and then switched to drums. And he played drums for a stint in Retaliate, but he's a guitarist now. And this song is is fucking sick. Um, it's guitar only in the beginning, and then just fast <laughs> circle pits. <and laughs> Does it start out with guitar only? Yeah, dude, because that's funny. But like so, stringy guitar, like happy. Uh, oh, okay. Because yeah. I remember, uh, I remember like being young in my first band. Uh, it doesn't matter. We practiced me and the drummer Kevin Hurstein. We actually like were a two piece for a while. Because, like, before Todd Jones joined our band, um, yeah, it was, like, me and Kevin. And I had a Flying V, and I had, like, a, like a death metal pedal. And, like, I was so heavy. We're, like, dude, we don't even fucking need a bass player. Like, fuck that. You know, it's just more mouths to feed, you know? And so it was, like, me and Kevin. And I remember, like, we didn't know shit. It's all from, like, I wasn't even barely, like, going to punk shows yet. And, like, I just knew, like, you know, really basic punk shit you know like you're like day one you know bad religions and like that's, that stuff it. yeah yeah and, and anyway so like i remember pat coming over like one day and like trying to tell us like pat the drummer from no motive coming over and like trying to tell us how to write a punk song and he's like here's what you do dude every fucking song starts out with the guitar by itself then everything kicks in super fast you know and it's like like what the fuck like like every song starts like that and then like i get the fucking no motive seven inch and every single song of those four songs does start with a guitar by itself you know it all That's starts so with like the riff you know and then yeah. it like, comes in yeah even the fucking ska song even fucking school sucks starts like that like school just sucks. with the guitar by itself you know so that's like, like a, the breakdown demo. I think every song starts with bass on something. Yeah, every single <laughs> song starts with seven, bass. Six, six people. Fucking kick it off. Yeah, that will. All right, moving on to uh, probably the best. Like it's it's the King Nard song of the '90s, right? Which is like the name of the comp. Reflections. Yeah, yeah that's like when I first heard that song, I was like. Holy shit. Because, like, this whole thing started, like, I'd always wanted to put out a comp. And uh-huh. I, I got the localism comp, which that song's on when I was probably, like, 18, 19 from Grady's Record Refuge in Ventura. And uh, I put it on, and I was like, holy shit. This song fucking hauls ass. There's, like, melodic, there's, like, a melodic part, and then there's, like, the sickest breakdown in the end. Yeah. And, and then there's, like, the most melodic solo over the breakdown. Over the breakdown. It's, like, because they kick it in that breakdown, right? It's, like, dirt, 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 or whatever, yeah. right? And it's, like, holy fuck. Like, what could make this breakdown better? So they just oh, how about Forrest shredding over the top of it? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, I, and I thought I wanted to, like, have a cool name for the comp, too. Um they call it like it was like to live and die in the 805 or like some <laughs> shit like that. And then uh, I was like reflections because you know none of these bands are new, right? And it's like they're all like it. It just sounded right. 
Yeah. And that's like the best song too. Well, there's another, there's two best songs, but we'll get into that as we go down the list. Okay. Yeah. And that song, like the, the drumming on it's amazing too. Oh which yeah. Is, uh, Pika just fucking killing it. Oh no. Uh, Donovan. Donovan's a drummer? Coffee, yeah. You sure? Yeah. You verified. That's not, that's not Pika playing? No. Donovan. What the fuck, dude? Come on, bro. That's wild. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm totally wrong then. I thought it was Pika for sure. Nah. Pika only played for FAY? I think so. Anyway. Well, Zach Poser, number two move right yeah. there. I know. Fucking, now, I know. Dude. You got to tally it up. Um. Let's see. Next up is, well, Jesus. Yeah, if we're talking about the best 90s yeah. songs, Repeater 800 with uh, Quality of Life is the bass song, Shit right? Rips. Yeah. Do, 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 Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'd put, I'd put that, like, in a fucking duel with Reflections. Like, that's, it's right up there. I'd put them back to back. Yeah. You, you didn't put them back to back. Oh, you uh, could if you. I might. We're just going down the list. No, we're going down the list. Yeah. But dude, those two songs back to back, shit. That's that's the best. Then just quit. You know, like <laughs> I don't know. Like I remember hearing that song on that repeater demo and just being like, "Why do I even fucking try?" Like I could, you could lock me in a room for fucking five years and I won't come out like writing a song this good. Yeah. You know, like it's fucking good. The whole the whole demo they did is good. Yeah, and the split with Music Twenty Third too. Like all those songs, they just like like uniform choice, but like like they just had that like that UC feel. Uh huh. And then uh, like with that song, I don't even know how to like. I, I couldn't even put a name on it. Like what it sounded like. Yeah, well, I I think that uh, I think of those the split is just the songs from the demo. Is it? Okay. Yeah, because it's like way later. That 7-inch came out in like 99. Uh, and so they were a band probably in 96 uh, or 97. So, yeah, it's like after they were done. Well, they were um, SYG with Fred. Yes. And actually, if you're going to do that song, Climb the Walls, yeah, that's the same song as on the, comp. the song on the comp. Yeah. yeah. It's like the lyrics are just changed. Because, um, yeah, Fred's was Stop the Abuse. And then this one's climbing the walls. He's singing about uh, being in boot camp. Yeah, he was a Navy dude, huh? Yeah. 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 Crazy. Yeah, so then after a Peter, we move on to uh, – this is, like, one of the most important bands in the 90s. Um, and actually, like, they they were raging, like, in – a year I should have been going to shows, but I was hanging out with my high school girlfriend way more. <laughs> so I missed like all the dick circuits glory because I just discovered women. Um, so yeah, dick circus. Like they were like a huge drawing band in Nard in like 95, Nard and Ventura, um, like perennial headlining band. And uh, John Carraro was the drummer and he would step out of the shadows and sing for missing 23rd that ended up being like, you know, one of the most important bands in the area as well. Um, yeah. You went with the song, Holy Rollers. Good, Good song. song. First song, seven inch. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I couldn't, I don't have the seven inch. I will try to dig. I think I only have one copy though. Yeah. Yeah. And there was, yeah. I have the, it's a live version cause I don't like drama. 
<laughs> but, but we'll, we'll talk to I'm going to talk to John Carrar tomorrow. We'll see if he wants to talk about any of that stuff. But yeah, my favorite song is the uh, the Curious George song. Did yeah. you get to listen to the thing? I didn't hear that. Dropped song. out of school, met Curious George and the man with the yellow hat. There's like sick drum fills on that too. It's yeah. like dropped out of school, met Curious George and the man with the yellow hat. It's like one of those ones where like. Karar is like hanging on, you know, like he's like trying to do this fill and it's like <laughs> taking all his will, you know, but he fucking nailed it, oh, which is like epic because like, it's just, well, <laughs> I can't believe you can punch on drums anymore. Yeah. That shit is like stupid. Yeah. Right. Like that's amazing. You can record and you can punch on the drums for people that don't know, that don't know what I'm talking about. Like back when you used to record, like. We were we've always been fortunate enough that we live in the future enough that you could like punch in on like playing guitar or whatever. Oh, I don't punch in, dude. But like, the fact that you can yeah. punch in on playing drums now is it's like crazy. the dumbest thing ever. You can like insert like snare hits and shit. Yes. It's like it yes. like kind of takes the magic out of it because then you like fucking RKL. You have Bomber doing the whole Rock and Roll Nightmare LP with no scratch track, one take. The whole I know. Record. I know. <laughs> it's like. <laughs> Fuck. I know, and now you have this like some schlub like trying to like he's like punching in on do that, do that, do that, do that, do that. Oops! Like take me from the second verse, Billy. Do that, do that, do that. Anyway, that shit is sorry, but yeah, I'll I'll have to send you that. I uh, I love that song, and maybe you haven't printed anything yet, right? Yeah, you got to consider sliding okay. that song. Yeah, too. that's like a it's super super catchy and. Dick Circus is cool because uh, I don't know either of the singers, but they had a guy singer and a girl singer. Yeah, they're a two singer band. Yeah, and uh, that song is like where their voices like came together like really nicely, mm-hmm. and like it works together, you know. Anyway, a lot of chick singers from the era. Yeah, there's a lot of women. Well, yeah. Ventura was a very like like political like crusty scene yeah so like i don't know how much of that was like because i wasn't a part of it i don't know how much it was like you know loving fucking profane existence um opposed to like loving bikini kill like i don't know what what's like the i don't i don't know where it came from but like it was awesome there's lots of lots of women and lots of women uh like fans like i i knew like a fair amount of like punk chicks from Ventura because um, I went to Hollywood Beach school for elementary school. And then I went to EO green for junior high. So we like met all the Wainimi people when we were going to EO green and like a lot of the, like the punk rock girls from Wainimi, they like, you know, when they got to be like teenagers or right out of high school, they like went to Ventura. Mm. Like that was like a more, like that was their scene, yeah. You know, like I'm not kicking around here in Wainimi. Like we go to Ventura, yeah. So the action is. It's where the action it's where is. It's where it's at. All right, moving on. Uh, Exxon '83. I remember this band, um, but I couldn't tell you anything about them. Uh, Ventura Crust Band. Yeah, just fast. They're mad. They're fucking They're mad, dude. And- they're fucking so they're, pissed. They had two names. There's like Exxon 83 and there's... Fuck. Two names. Okay. So Joe Reeves told me there's two names to that band. 
yeah, but yeah. Well, that's, Joe Rivas is a walking like encyclopedia, right? He's gonna yeah. tell you like, well, that band started as this and this yeah. and this. You know, it's like, yeah, X ninety three, legit. Um, this next band was like a powerhouse of a live band, um, and I don't think it came across on their recordings as well. But uh, the band is fixated, and uh, yeah, you can just tell by the song title, like they weren't fucking playing. The song is called "Stab Me." <laughs> <laughs> They're fucking tight. Yeah, yeah. And they were a banger. Like I seen them play Skate Palace, and it was like this band's a fucking force to be reckoned with. Like yeah. you could toss them on any bill, and they'd be like a respectable band. And they have a cool style too, because they do a lot of singing, and like has like this weird like southerny kind of like vocal style. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're just fast, and they have, like, pretty cool mosh parts, too. And the drumming's really good, too. Yeah, they just seem like guys that, like, they knew how to play. Yeah, they, exactly. They, they liked to play, <clears throat> and they fucking played a lot. Like, those yeah. guys probably, like, you know, let's get a fucking 12-er and a pack of Reds and fucking sit around for all weekend and fucking, you know, I think they're, they're, just jam. Yeah, they have, like, 15 songs. Like, it's, like, a 15-song, like, demo or something. Yeah, did... Did you get the whole fifteen I, songs? The whole thing's on YouTube. Okay, I need to I need to like grab that because I've only heard songs here and there, and like yeah. it doesn't hold up on on recording as much as like it did in my head mm. at the time. So, uh, I will members check. of Arch Enemy too. Is is that? Yeah. Okay, and we'll get to that because Arch Enemy is towards the end, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Moving on to the goods. Now, see, this is the band that I remember having two names. Or maybe it was The Goods and it was Exxon AD. Because I don't, I don't remember. This was was The Goods Bucks band? I don't know. Okay. I, don't, I wouldn't know the members. Okay. Is this another Ventura Crust band? This is another Ventura Crust band. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. They're just pissed. Yeah. I think that they, like, The Goods, like, didn't sound crust enough. So they got a more extreme name next, like. The goods, it was like too posse, you know. Like, well, there's there's nothing good about the system, but I think man. It sounds tight. It's I, like the goods. Like it sounds like, pretty good. Like that's yeah. the goods, man. What the goods? I know, but it's like, like assault. It's too positive, dude. Like, there's nothing good about this fucking system. There's nothing good about my parents. We gotta we gotta I'm not be called dude. the goods. No, bads. <laughs> I don't know the bads. That would have been sick. Be that's yeah. That's like. Uh, when Tony was in that band it, for a little while, they never recorded called Impeached. And then, like, we basically we took the band with everyone except for one dude, and we we're like, "What do you guys want to call this band?" And we're just like, "This is calling them Poached." Shit, <laughs> if we don't gotta think about it. <laughs> no. uh, so, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, that would have been good if they were called the Bads. Yeah, that would have been sick. Be good flip flop. Moving on to the Kings of Nardcore. It'll repute. Um, it's real. What song is that? Uh, that's off uh, Big Rusty Balls. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Big Rusty Balls, uh, it's a cool album. I, I can't wait. I'm doing Tony tomorrow. Sick. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm curious because, uh, first off, they did Big Rusty Balls off a huge time break, mm-hmm. right? Because what happens next is 84. They do, like... I think they did another Halloween seven inch like after that. And then like transition is like a fake record. Yeah. And that's like 87, 88. 
And well, then, when did Amla come out? Well, Amla's just a comp oh, of okay. all other stuff. Uh, so, yeah, Amla's like, it's a comp of all their, like, comp recordings and so forth. Um, so, yeah, it's not a legit LP. Mm-hmm. And Transition wasn't either. Transition was like, literally, those guys were just like jamming at Mystic, like working on stuff, and Doug put it out as an LP. <laughs> it's like, it was so. It was like a common theme with. Hardcore is just like the dude that has the record label just put shit out. Well, it happened in No Motive. Yeah, exactly. You know? Yeah, it was so fucked up. But uh, yeah, so like in 93, they do it and like they're kind of transitioning because there's songs that like Tony sings. Mm-hmm. It's like, what does John do while Tony sings? <laughs> like, just chills? Yeah. Or I think he might have played guitar too on some of the songs. I think so. There's, there's some photos like floating around of like John on guitar and singing. Mm hmm. And then ones of Tony just singing. And yeah. This is weird. Yeah, it's like weird era that I can't wait to like get into because it's a good record. Yeah, it's good. It's underrated as hell. Yeah, it's a good record. But it had a chance to do well because it was on Doctor Strange like yeah. right at the right time. Right. I think, you know, where opposed to their next record is like another one of like my unsung 90s favorites that like we've talked about on this show. Um, which is Ill Repeat Bleed came out in I believe 97 and like it is for 90s like fat wreck epitaph punk it is like awesome it's so good you know cause like you have the you have that real like no effects lag wagony sound like very melodic, hitting the octaves and like the the drumming, like the yeah, fast and then good leads. Yeah, good leads. And then Tony's voice is so unique; it's like gravelly and and fucking dirty, and it just sounds like yeah. Like I don't know, it's fucking great. Like sitting on sitting on top of like music that's so like pristine and like curated as that like new school punk sound to like toss like I don't know kind of like a leather facey voice on top of it like you know like a a soulful like heartfelt like voice on top it's like such a weird dichotomy I love it I wish it came out on vinyl I think it would be like that's a CD only all the edge records the only Seven, the only vinyl that Edge ever did was that uh, Burning Dog 7-inch. Oh. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, because the No Motives were CD only that's crazy. as well. Yeah, so that's Ill Repute in, their, in the 90s. And, uh, well, they did the end now, and I didn't really care for that record very much. But I should listen to it again. Do you, do you ever <clears throat> fuck with that record? I don't fuck with it, man. I just fuck with those two. Yeah. Yeah. You, there's just like a lot of information behind those two ones. Yeah. There's like, I think these two records are like really interesting. Yeah. That's why there's I a mean. lot to like sink your teeth into. Exactly. Yeah. And the last one, I don't know. It just doesn't grab me, which is silly because like it's when Forrest and Joe are in the band. So it should be interesting. I did not know that. Yeah. That's Joe and Forrest playing in a repeat. That's tight. Yeah. Um, Is Tony singing on that one too? Yeah, Tony sings on that one too. Yeah, so this one, the Bleed one, they have this guy, I can't remember what band he was from. He was from a San Diego band. His name was Nashaya. 
but I don't remember his band's name. And he's like the the lead guy. Mm-hmm. That's why there's all those fucking leads on Bleed. It's this guy Nashaya that's like he was born out of the womb like playing a fucking octave. You know, like he doesn't know how to do anything else. Like that's like I feel like his hand is like deformed, like in that, like it's just like that. It's just like I can't even play a chord. It's just like I only play an octave. Like, did you ever hear that band? Uh, they were on Teamwork Records in like the late nineties. They're called Atari. No, they're, oh, the youth crew. Is, yeah, 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 just a generic youth crew band. Yeah, that fucking band. Like every single like on the verse and on the chorus, like one of those guitarists is playing a fucking octave. That. It's, like, the most, like, fucking annoying thing you've ever heard. Like, okay, dude, kick it. Like, <laughs> like, okay, Iron Maiden fucking rips, right? Yeah. They could just be fucking blasting your face off, like, at all times. But they know how to, like, hang back and do a verse. Yeah. You know? So, like, so I don't need to listen to fucking Atari giving me a lead the whole time. You know? Yeah. But anyway. There you go. Um... Moving on, now we're to No Motive, uh, another huge band of uh, the 90s, although the 90s, so the 90s with No Motive is like, they're kind of like a different band because it would have been, well, no, because in 1999, that's when Sadness Prevails came out. Yeah, that was like their big kind of like shoe in the door. Yeah, it was like the first album of like the, of what the band uh, is yeah right like they're not like a even though there were a couple fast songs on the record and honestly I think the record would have been better if they left those fast songs off um because they still put like right they still had a couple fast songs on and sadness prevails they had they had like one so what yeah uh, that song is so tight the song's tight and the what's the other one I'm trying to the other this. one's better oh. the other one's better it's all emotional but anyway. No, like, it's got, like, those, like, Jeremy and Max, they're doing, like, stuff on the guitar that, like, is, is like, interesting. Like, I don't know. It makes you have feelings and shit. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Where, like, So What was their attempt at a hardcore song. Right. Like, that was, like, well, I don't know. Because No Motive is playing, like, late 90s. Like, they're, they got So What for the, like, for the kids to mosh to. And then they used to cover a, a fucking, da na 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 da 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 Talk is cheap. No way. Yeah. That's tight. Yeah. We usually cover Tacos Cheap, which was sick. Because, like, Pat's drumming on that, like, you know they did it because it was fun for Pat to play. Yeah. That's such a fun drum song to yeah. play. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, I think your choices here are, like, great. Um, there's so much no motive stuff in the 90s to work with. And you kind of, like, you definitely hit two of the... Uh, the more standout songs and also like they both represent the band really well. Um, True reality was one of the songs on the no motive choice split. Great. Yeah. Great split too. The choice is sick. Were, were they from see me? Um, well, <clears throat> I don't know where they're from, but the guitarist, he worked at American music forever. Mm. That one that's like, uh, in the ice skating oh, center, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, I don't know. It's obviously not there anymore. It's a fucking ice skating rink. It's a fucking, or the whole thing is not there anymore. <laughs> Jesus. He worked no. He worked in there forever. That was American music, I think. Oh. Right um, at like the wagon wheel area. Yeah, you know um, whatever music this, store that was. Paint. Yeah, yeah, in yeah, the yeah, same. Yeah, yeah and some massage parlor, and that was like about it in that center. Yeah, you know, it's the biggest um, parking lot. <laughs> even the biggest, it's park. the biggest hey, parking. Hey, 
you always can find parking if you're going to American <laughs> Music. If you wanted to go and take another glimpse of that Steve Vai guitar that was on the wall, you you never had to like look for parking. You know? Yeah, they had like this Steve Vai guitar that was like up on the wall like the entire time they placed it in business. It was like Dayglow Green. And like it was like, dude, you don't if you buy this guitar, you don't need a case because there's a handle like in the guitar. Oh, like there was a handle cut out in the guitar. It was so like broed out, you know? That was wacky. Yeah, it was wacky. It was always there. And that guy from the choice never sold it. Um, but I'm sure he tried. So I don't know. I I would assume that he lived in Ventura or Oxnard. Um because that would be a pretty shitty commute from Simi to work at American Music. Yeah, I wouldn't do it. So <laughs> I think he lived here. But I don't know where the band was based out of. That was like I don't know. They were cool though. Yeah, they they were cool. And uh that was like No Motive's like second like I don't know, the second time you kind of heard them on record. Mm-hmm. I'm not counting localism because the 7-inch kind of came out like at the same time as localism, if I remember right. You really like, just took a song from that. No, no, no. The localism song is a separate song. Oh, okay. It's not on the 7-inch. Um, but I don't know. I feel like maybe there was a wait before this like split came out. Like I was like looking forward to like getting a new no motive song. Yeah. And then like, yeah, this true reality song is like, dude, it's so good. It's their, guitar works, their guitar works so good on that song. Yeah. Like they're so good as musicians, like by this point, that's great. Yeah. Um, next band is patient zero. Again, another Ventura crusty band, right? Yeah. Um, do you know anything about them? I don't know much about them. Now the, when it comes to the crusty bands, I don't know. I, there's like not enough information that I could get. Is that like offensive? Like should we? Be... <laughs> I don't know. I like, want to know. Well, I'll ask. I'll ask John that. Yeah, yeah. Tomorrow. Ask him. He would know, dude. I think that like that's just what they were, right? Yeah. And we were like new school posers. Yeah. They had roots, and, dude. Yeah. <laughs> they well, they were the ones that kept it real, dude. Yeah, dude. I think Krusty's always keep it real. Yeah, I mean, I was the poser. I didn't have an Os Rotten ass patch. Um, so, Patient Zero, another uh, Ventura crusty ripper. Um, Fooey, they were before my time. Um, but, like, I believe that they were, like, big. They were big. Like, I don't know, like, how big, but... Dude, I, I, but they were, like flyers, a headli- they were, like, a headliner. They headline, like, every show. Right. And I remember my friend, like, Mike Wolf, that was, like, his favorite band. Um, and they put on an LP. They put on an LP and a 7-inch. Mm-hmm. I think I like a 7-inch. Yeah. Um, yeah, and fucking rad band name. It's a good band name. Fooey. But it's fun to say. Yeah. You know? They're fun to listen to. Silence Forever. Break the Silence. Band is, nice band. band is sick. This is the band that I think might have been the goods. Yeah. No? I don't know. They're I just know they, they have the best recordings out of the crusty bands. And I think they did a seven inch. They did. And that's actually on Discogs. I found I got the art and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, it's it's good. I think I need to get it again, like I I think I might have it in my truck right now. I remember like buying it and then like it going under my seat and then it never coming out under my seat. So oh, it's probably, probably like warped. warped. Yeah, as I have in my voice is a seven inch. <laughs> well, I still got some of those. Oh, good. As long as it's the first one, right? 
Yeah, the first one. I got some of the first one. The second one, I only got one copy each, like for myself. Yeah. There's like two different. Co- it's like there's only a hundred pressed, and there's like two different covers of some shit. Oh, yeah, it was some Euro dude. The same dude he did like the standard round demo, the first demo with Aaron. And oh, uh, point, uh, what was it like? Break even point record? Or yes. Something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he did like the standing around demo when they were Aaron, Max, Corey, Todd, and Tony, like that demo. And then the Voice of Defiance, the second, what would have been our second record? And I guess it ended up being the second record, but it's sorry that it only came out like, yeah, I think he did 90 copies. It's like, I don't know. And then, like, I don't, I don't know. I got, I quit that band and I quit like that record came out like way after I was gone mm. and they like took me off. Like I wasn't on the record. You played on it. I, well, I played on it and like wrote half the shit, Yeah, really you know? No, <laughs> no. Josh Ortega was the new <laughs> bass player of Voice of Defiance. <laughs> Josh is cool. And he was a good bass player. I can't remember his band. That's a, that's a band that, uh, that's actually missing from your comp. We should find out. Called? That's what I can't remember. Okay. But you should ask someone because it's yeah, Phil. Sure. I want to say it's it's right after. You know what? Maybe it didn't make the '90s cut though. Okay. It might be 2000. No. It had to be the '90s. It, it, they were kind of cool. They were like a pop punk band. Okay. And I think it was him and Phil. Okay. Um. Sick. I mean, yeah, because there's, there's a whole other comp that came out in the '90s with like Kenji. Yeah, and, and like Bloodborne. Okay. Yeah, I forget what it was called. And it's a full comp of eight oh five. Yeah. Huh. But it's like like ninety eight, ninety nine. Kenji's super cool. Do you yeah. know that guy? No, I know. I know the Kenji Shack. Is that is it really? Yeah, good? it was his Shack. I was yeah, it was like was out like. If I remember right, this is a long time ago. I think it's just like out like past where there's nothing in El Rio anymore. Mm-hmm. Like his family just had like some land out there, and there was a shack. And like they did shows there, yeah, you know. But yeah, Kenji was a dude. I don't know. I don't know if he, maybe he's not around here anymore. But he was a super nice guy. Yeah. Um. Then we got the Unabombers, another another band where I can say I think this is the band that was, the goods turned into. <laughs> <laughs> Every single one of these. Dude, that band name is so good though. It's great because like, but if you check Discogs, it's probably like thirty. Their Unabomber is number 17. Yeah. I'm sure every fucking... There's got to be a million of them. Probably. You know? Um, but yeah, another Ventura band. Do, like, of these bands, like, what stands out to you? Like, which one was, like... You think Silence Forever? Because they were, like, yeah, they the just, recordings? Yeah, they just... They just sounded different. They were, like, ambient and, like, melodic. Yeah. And um, uh, the recording was really good. Were they Santa Barbara? They were Ventura. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Verminicious Canids. This is a pre-Burning Dog band, right? Yeah. Um, Chick Singer. It's pretty cool. That is cool. I like it. And is it the same girl from Dick Circus or no? I want to say so. They have very similar voices. I, I like if this is like another, is this my number three? Poser? I don't know yet. Like, <laughs> I'm racking them up. <laughs> yeah, you're... But because, like, this is, like, the shit I should know. But uh, I'm guessing, I think that the Dick Circus chick was from Wainimi. 
And Verminich's Canadians would have been Wainimi. So I'm guessing same girl. Okay, cool. Yeah. But I could be wrong. But John would know. Oh, yeah, John would know. You know, I maybe I should have reversed these two on. I got my line. But, <laughs> maybe. But then I would have I would have been all fucking monocle guy over here, like pretending I'm the expert. Like yeah. this is way more real. Aww. You know, like I don't I don't know. It's funny because you know, punk and hardcore is like the only genre of music where you can be like old and you're like twenty eight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That's in, how I feel. In life, it's like I'm thirty nine, like I'm a young man, but yeah. like I'm fucking old, like for punk and hardcore. Yeah. Um, but it's also funny because, like, dude, I'll never be old school. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be like at some hardcore show when I'm seventy, and it's like, well, didn't matter because I didn't get into like punk until '93 and hardcore till '96. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, I didn't even see the fucking first version of Ignite. Like, <laughs> I didn't see till Zoli sang. You know what I mean? Like, you'll never be fucking old school. You know, so I think that this is a more genuine way of doing this because you see my level of what I know this stuff for. Yeah. You know, I missed like a lot of it. And I would, I was like, you know, the 90s, I'm 39 now. So 95, I'm 15. And it's fucking young. It's, it's young. Yeah, young. And fuck, I mean, to say pre internet. Yeah. Too, that's that like too. A, I think that's like a big thing too. Yeah. Yeah, everything everything felt more more dangerous because you didn't you didn't see a uh, you weren't able to like sleuth everything. Mm-hmm. What's this place like? You know, like now if you like, oh, I want to go to a show at X Club. Yeah, you can just Google it, see what it's like. There's fucking a yeah, hundred photos there yeah, online. You know, nice. you watch like a watch a concert from there on YouTube. You know, then it's like... You're, like, mentally prepped for the show. Yeah. Okay, Back then, it's just, like, a shitty story. Like, you know, I remember one time we were going to go out, and we wanted... I really liked 80 Fingers Louie a lot, and the closest they were coming to Nard was... They played the Anti-Club in L.A., and uh, we went... I think it was 80 Fingers Louie and and Good Riddance, and, uh, yeah, like, asked someone, like, hey, what's the Anti-Club like? They're like, oh... I went to a show there once and like the fucking uh, the uh, liquor store across the street got robbed. And like when the guy was running away, like he had to like, you know, get away. So he ducked into the club and then he ran on stage and like everyone was panicked because like they're trying to get away from this guy with a shotgun. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. I can't wait. Like I love yeah, right? Louis, you know, this is great. But anyway, that was that was a, a long tangent. Um, moving on to the whereabouts. And this would not be a band I would think of, but they totally were. Like, um, man, I can't remember what they were called before they they were the whereabouts. But they were called oh, they were called Kelp. Kelp. Yeah, and I don't know if they recorded as that. Yeah, that's a pretty fucking cool name. That's a cool name. Yeah, because like they kind of have that (laughs) seaweed sound. Yeah, right. (laughs) That I mean, maybe that's why they moved away from it. Yeah, you know, it's like they sound a little too much like seaweed and. They don't want to be called Kelp, but they actually – it's because they uh, their practice pad was off Kelp Street. That's tight. But, uh, yeah, and I don't know. They're they're cool. And then they uh, – They stand out the most in the comps. They're just like – they just sound like um, like the Elliot – no. Um, fuck. What a band, dude. 
They're just like an emo band. They're an emo band, yeah. and they ended up being like kind of brother bands with no motive uh-huh. um, later. But like in the nineties, this is still like Sam Yeah, yeah Sam that'd be a good that'd be a good thing. Um, yeah, they're a they're a cool band. They were great, and uh, the guys are still around. Like I don't know if Johnny's still doing anything, but uh, um, the other guy I was in contact with was Balt. Yeah, Balt. Well. Didn't Armand play? I think Armand was in that yeah. band, dude. Yeah. That's sick. I'm like, I'm 99% sure. Okay. Yes, Baltazar and Armand. And Armand, like, records half the Ventura bands now. Yeah. And he's in Night Demon. Sick. So, yeah. And just a fucking all-around shredder and good dude. And, yeah. And his parents used to employ me at Don's Euro Grill um, before they fired me. For listening to Iron Maiden when we closed too loud. But it's okay. They warned me multiple times. <laughs> but yeah, no, Armo. He's a, he's a fucking shredder and he's killing it with Night Demon. So uh, I, I'm i so happy that guy like found something super rad. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Johnny, Armo, Balt, and. Ian was a drummer, mm-hmm. and Ian's a good drummer. Um, and I don't know what happened to him. One Track Mind, that's like a – were they kind of like a pop punk oh, Ventura yeah. band? They just sound like – Were they a Christian band? I don't know. That's a cool thing to get into, though. Hilarious thing to get into was like the amount of Christian bands that were around during the scene because I like – I was really into that band Incomplete. Okay. And then I found I like read their lyrics. I like found their CD at a thrift store, and I like read their lyrics. Uh-huh. Like, Dude, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> but I they kind of inspired me to put the comp up. So it was like there's a lot of bands that sounded had that Fat Records sound. And like One Track Mind's one of those bands. Yeah, they're from Ohio. Oh, cool. And uh, oh, they were from Ohio. Yeah. I wonder if they were the guys that almost killed us once. Because like, <laughs> dude, I think they were. They were like they were a super pop punk band, but oh, like yeah. they had some like shit kicker friends, and uh, I can't remember like someone stole like Tony's symbol somewhere, and I think we like went to get it, and I don't I don't really remember this story, but yeah, we went out like and, <laughs> first of all, it might even not be this band, so, but I think <laughs> it was because they're from Ojai, right? Yeah. And we we played a show, we th- we thought they like stole our symbol. So, like, we went, we're like, fuck it, we're going to go get it. Yeah. Like, you know, and they were playing, they were playing, like, somewhere out in, like, the fields of Wainimi. And, like, I just remember it being a thing, like, we showed up to get the symbol and, like, we, like, left not getting a symbol and, like, 40 people coming after us. Like, fuck. and I can't remember if, like, someone, like, shot off a gun or, like, just some, like, super redneck shit. You know, it That's was, crazy. it was, like, something where, like, we were, like, that was pretty like that like went it, like whatever it was it went like pretty dark pretty fast yeah. you know like they're, they're like the happiest band though that maybe I'm getting them wrong but like those four those four tallies dude I don't know you know but like it was that whole the time is wild too right because like dude it's like punk making a resurgence mm-hmm. and like even the happy shit like people want to slam too yeah like I remember one of the gnarliest like circle pits I ever saw was it Ventura Theater during Face by Face face to face Mm -hmm. because it was just like the whole pit was fucking hell's angels. You know what I mean? And it's like, that's fucking terrifying for like a, 
a civilian kid, you know, yeah. like, like, but it's like, because there's a pit and a face to face show. But like, if you're thinking about face to face, you're not thinking like, Oh, this is a show that like really hard dudes are going to come and like, like, yeah, you know, and, but Pennywise, and is story. Pennywise is different. Cause yeah. it's like a lot more into that surf culture. Yeah. And, uh, but still the same type of, I mean, face to face is definitely like, and Pennywise is faster. Yeah. Yeah. Pennywise is like, face to face. I wasn't thinking like that pit would be gnar, no. but I was like, I'm just going to sit this one out, <laughs> you know, <laughs> sit this one out, dude. But, uh, oh, three point play. Who is that? Um, Sean trailer. I work with that guy. Okay. He's a cool guy. He, uh, one day he, he just like said mad ball. Oh, we're like stocking shells. We were working Trader Joe's together. And uh-huh. like, what? And then he started talking about this band, Three Point Play. He was in another band called This Moment. Mm-hmm. Um, super cool band. They sound like that whole like Shy Halud style, like melodic hardcore. Um, the seven is good. They put out a seven. So this Three Point Play band yeah. sounds like Shy Halud. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. They, they, they have a cool. Like, and it's in the nineties. Do you know what? What year it landed on? Uh, I want to say like 98, 99. Yeah, late. Yeah. Interesting. That's cool. You guys thanked him on the Stand Your Ground 7-inch. That's like also too, like, I remember I was like going through the thank yous, like trying to find more bands to like throw on the same. I wonder if that was like, did they have a really tall, like bald singer that was older he than was all of them? big. Okay, I remember them. Man. Yeah, he lived man. on like Silver Strand. Because uh-huh. I remember when I booked Funeral Oration, they played Laser Star, and then they were gonna come back on another tour, and I just couldn't get anywhere to do them. And I feel like that guy was gonna let us do a house show at his house. Like everything kept getting fucked up, mm-hmm. and that was like an option. Like I talked to this guy a lot at the yeah. time. Like he was an adult and had a house and was like thinking about letting us like do the show there, so <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it was like, it was funny. Cause okay. There's laser star and there's like another place like for kids kind of close to that area. Mm-hmm. Can't remember what, what it was. It was like, not like laser shit, but maybe it was a bunch of like indoor slides and bullshit. Whatever. Yeah. Um, remember laser star stopped doing shows and we went in there. It was me and Aaron Belcher. And I was telling him, like, yeah, this band's coming out from Amsterdam. And they're one of my favorite bands. And I want, like, to book them, you know? And, like, the guy's like, well, how much money are you going to take? I was like, I was saying something like, I just need to make 300 bucks from the show to pay the band. And they're like, well, how much are you going to take? And I was like, I'm not taking anything, dude. Like, I just want to do the show. Mm-hmm. And then, like, he looks at his, like, partner. And he's like, what do you think about the sell? He's like, seems fishy. <laughs> So then they didn't let us do the show because he's like, he's like, this something doesn't add up here. This yeah. kid's not trying to make money right now, you that's know. But uh, anyway, that's another tangent. Yeah, let me grab another beer. Yeah, dude, grab your beer and I'll talk a little bit. Talk. Hit a light too if you can. You got dark on us. Um. So the next band is Standard Ground, which we'll skip because it's another one of my bands. But we can talk about the pre-Zach era, um, and it starts out with, yeah, Bound by Honor, which I think was on – was that on the demo and on the 7-inch? Yeah. This light is ugly as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, that, light, 
That like aged me like fucking ten years right now. Yeah. Uh, oh, whatever. Step back. But uh interrogated, dude. I know. Now it is like getting interrogated. Um that was on both records. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's a uh that was cool. They did the demo, voice was already gone, and it was so cool to have another hardcore band. Yeah. Like how uh we were talking about Dead Heat earlier that like we don't feel jealousy. Right. Like it was the same thing. You're stoked. Like there's another band that just kind of came out of Dead Heat called Combat Shock. Uh-huh. And they just sound like gauze. Okay. And we're just fucking pumped. It's yeah. Like, it's like more bands like yes. good. Yeah. Yeah, I used to love that Rain on the Praise song that was like, one more band, one more zine, one more kid, it's all we need. You know, like, I love that positivity, like, yeah, yeah, I just need one more, just one more thing, all we need, you know, fucking sick. And that's how I felt. I was like, cool, we're not alone. Yeah. Because Voices around for a solid year, like, playing, like, dog shit. I mean, like, because a lot of people have heard me talk about, like, how bad like the in control shows were at the beginning. Like mm-hmm. these voice shows were like the worst. At least the in control shows like we're playing bad hardcore shows. Like okay, we're playing a hardcore show and there's 20 people there. Yeah. At least it's a hardcore yeah. show. Like those voice shows we're playing like we just wanted to play anywhere. So anywhere that would let us play, we like played. Parties. Like yes, we played like anyone's party. Like and like everywhere. Like oh, we're in Santa Paula. We're in Moore Park. We're in like. Like fucking Santa Barbara, like everywhere, just playing yeah. like, yeah, people's parties and like people don't want to hear you, yeah, like because it wasn't a fun band. Like Voice was like Scoops was like trying to like Scoops was trying to be Zoli, you know, and then like we were trying to be like somewhere between like outspoken and I guess probably like Ignite, you know, from Choice ish, yeah, you know, like we were very like nineties. 90s non-metal hardcore. Yeah. 90s non-mosh hardcore. You have like one mosh part. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is like, which is straight lifted off a One Life Crew song. (laughs) You know? That's like that. I've noticed that too, especially with Tony's drumming, dude. Like, um, I ain't got to talk about this, dude. I love Oxnard. Sitting here, my name. Okay, I'm back. Right. So, uh, yeah, standing around was it was just really exciting. Like, there's another band because, like, now, you know, like those guys, like they were so down. Like Aaron and and Todd, and we shared Tony, um, and Corey played, and Corey we'd known for a while then, and then Max. Um, but, but like. <laughs> those guys aren't going to go to every show voice plays, right? Because who wants to go fucking like go to Maria's fucking birthday in Santa Claus yeah. where like no one wants to hear you, you know? So like, so inevitably when Standing Ground started, it was like sick. Now yeah. there's both of us. Yeah. Now we can play shows together Yeah, and we're a thing. Like we're, this is like, then we're building a scene instead of just having like a band. Exactly. You know? So that's cool. And then the second song, the second song is from what I'm singing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, I really wanted to put on here because that didn't even reach light. I feel like 
Not a lot of people even heard that. No. Well, we didn't put it out on purpose. Right. Yeah. There's we. Yeah. Shit involved. Yeah, we didn't put it out on purpose. And actually, you might want to clear it with Todd. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so. All right, I'll do that. Yeah. Um. But I think I'll be okay with that song. That song is like. It's kind of got everything in it. Yeah. Which is cool. It's fucking ribs. Yeah, it's the first time of like Todd really like stepping up his songwriting mm-hmm. because the uh, the standing around demo and the seven inch are like very derivative. It's like Todd trying to like do a sound, mm-hmm. and I feel like on this demo, it's like the first time that Todd like really just like. Let it come out. Yeah. And especially that song. I mean, like, the riffery is like. The riffery is unreal. Yeah. It's like, how does hand move so fast? You know? But, yeah. But he's been able to rip that hard. Like, he played in a band called. It it predates voice. Um, It was called Last Chance. Uh-huh. And it was him, uh, Todd Scoops, who, yeah. who sang for voice. And I can't remember who else. And they were kind of like. Hardcorey, but like he was ripping them. Mm. Yeah, like they didn't have recordings though. They had like one. We played like a show in like a backyard. I want to say it was like fuck. It wasn't Rogers' backyard. I don't know whose backyard it was, but there was like a recording, like a backyard recording. So, but not legit, Mm. you know. Next is FAY. And uh, they did two demos. Do you know what demo you got? Ah, uh, the second one. Okay. Yeah. I remember the sec. I saw vo- both versions of the band, and I thought the second singer was better live, but the first singer was better recorded. Mm. What's your take? I haven't heard the first demo. Okay. Yeah, I only heard the second one, and I think it's rad. Like their whole sound, it's like just super unique. Um, they're heavy. They have like some cool heavy parts, but they're still punk. That's what I like about like most of the bands on the comp is that it's like a lot of them are just punk bands with like randomly heavy parts. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, it's that whole like it's a sound. Yeah, like seriously. that burning dog, clenched fist, fay. Like that's a it's a serious sound. Yeah, you know, like all those guys there. They're friends. Yeah. So they're like in the same practicing. Same pool. Area. Yeah. Same type of pool of people. So. Mm-hmm. Just kind of like bank off each other. It's like almost like a, like a one band with all these little bands in it. Yeah. It's, it's cool. I know what you mean. Like, cause you can't really say it's like new school punk, even though it's like a little influenced by it. Yeah. Cause it's like meteor. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I do like, it's just cause I'm from the area. Like, I just literally feel like FAY just, like, sounds like Wayne Me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, that's it's what Wayne Me sounds like. like. What happened with the original singer? He, like, like beat the shit out of some dude. Like, who was the guitar player? Bass player. Bass player. Yeah. There was, like, some, like... Yeah. So he was on both records. Okay, cool. Yeah. I can't remember his name. Um, Fred put it on, like, every zine ever. Yeah. <laughs> I think he, like, sent... I was like, hey, Fred, send me photos. And he's just, like, first photo was, like... The newspaper clipping of that. Yeah, he like had to go to jail for localism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's FAY. Next up is uh, Pig Alley, another band that actually from that era that actually that put out a record, which is pretty cool. They put out 
a self-released LP. Remember the name of it? Rock and Roll Mafioso. That's right. Rock and Roll Mafioso. And it's on uh, Discogs. You can look it up. And uh, I saw Stacy actually the day that I did the first uh, recording here with with Joe for Podcast One. He lives in San Diego now. Oh. Um, he's, He's like friends with Max. Like, they're like... You know, dudes with kids, mm-hmm. like family people. They have like family type parties, you know. Yeah. They like I've seen him around there. Like he's on he's on like the <laughs> the punk rock family circuit. But uh, yeah, they were a, they were a neat band. I I really love their song on the uh, the Logosm comp. And I never really listened to LP. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. I just they just sound like. Like so one song will kind of you hear a lot of Ramones, and the next song you hear a lot of the Dead Kennedys. The next song you hear a lot of like what the fuck is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all like they all wore like full on suits. Yeah, I saw them they several played. times. Um, but yeah, they were definitely a different a different flavor going on. Yeah, for the Nard. Uh, moving on, another Ventura Crest band, uh, Coat Hanger Kids. Yeah, that band's actually was more popular than I thought. Um, like my boss at work was like, I told him about the comp because he he was in a band called Red Light District. Okay, and he was like, "Oh, you know Cohen Kids?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> I know one song from the Vocalism Comp." Yeah, and uh, he's like, "Oh, dude, they were the shit. They were the tightest band." And he had like random photos of flyers, and they were always headlining all those shows. Yeah, but yeah, super cool band, chick singer. Yeah. I don't know anything about them except that it's interesting that they didn't get caught up in like that Ventura Oxnard schism that was like going around like the local, like they were actually on the localism call, mm-hmm. which is like interesting. Yeah. And cool. That's cool. They got represented. Uh, retail price. See me then. Yeah. I was going to ask. The song's good. This is kind of cool. So the comp is like, it's, you're going the old hardcore way of see me to Santa Barbara. Yeah, it's not just like do you have a, Ventura. Do you have a Santa Barbara band represented no. on here? No. You got to have like the the RKL adjacent band, right? So you can do. I get something off Reactive. Because you you have a uh, if you're doing see me, that's like the scared straight band. Yeah. And now you got to go just a little more north. I think Silence Forever had a dude from Santa Barbara. Okay, that'll count. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so retail price. Another like Mohawk band, right? Yeah. Um, they just sound British. Yeah, they're they're fucking cool. I just I put them on there because John, I had John put me make me a list of like the ones that were most important, and he said that they were one of the most important punk bands of that time. Mm-hmm. Threw them on there. Sick, Sick man. Um, Destroy Babylon. I have. Do you know anything about them? Danny Walker band. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So is this Danny Walker's one appearance on the, the comp? Yeah. In terms of the 90s band, El Pale Battle was a 90s band, I don't think. Or I think they were around for like maybe 99. Okay. But, dude, that dude, he fucking rips so hard on that song. Like, right there. Just that whole, the whole demo or release they have, just, dude, he hauls so much ass. Danny Walker rips. Everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you are going to use the Stalag song from, I, uh, I, so is this from the, the conviction yeah. city. Um, and you didn't want to use Bailey? No. Dude, that song. Talk about leads. That, that lead is yeah, sick. they have some good leads. And then, and then 
halfway through the song, you're like, what? It's like a five-minute, yeah, this. like rap it. It's dude. But edit it, dude. Edit it in Audacity. Fuck it. <laughs> Black and Gray is a great song, though. Black and Gray is a great song, but I'll tell you what. This is like, this is just another lesson of, I can understand how it's so appealing for old bands to want to re-record songs, yeah. but it's just like, it's not magical the second time. No. You know, like, because Black and Gray on the In Control LP, it has so much soul and it cuts up that LP and it like, it, it makes that LP go from like, in my opinion only, from a really strong old school hardcore record yeah. to like a really special record. Yeah. You know, it's like, dude, Stalag 13, like. Slay, like hitting you with the pussy song, like they're the they're one of the but first it's like bands. Still it's like hard, dude. it's super hard, yeah. but it's still like that. Like it's yeah. it's like we you know we say pussy song like just it is what it is, but yeah. like but that's it's not, hard. You read but the like, lyrics and you're just like it makes you look at your life and you're like fuck. It's like the surface of a lake. Yeah, yeah. No, like, but it's a slower, like more like super drivey, and it's just like. I don't know. It's perfect. And the re-recording of it, I just feel like it loses so much of the soul. Absolutely. I don't know. And they're just called Stalag. <laughs> well, that was kind of cool, right? Because like, we're a different band. It was only Blake, right? <laughs> I think so. I think it's completely different members. I, yeah, I don't think Ron's even on it. Okay, I think it was... Ron's not on it for sure. Uh, here's what I think it is. I think it's Blake, who's one of the guitarists, legit, and then I think it was Joey Libke, who's the guy who did Edge Records. Okay, yeah. So, and then I I believe, I'm going to find out tomorrow because I'm going to interview Larry. Um, but I think Libke played on the Stalic demo, but he didn't play on Ingatron. I heard about that. Jo, uh, Joe told me about that. I think Libke plays on the demo. Yeah. So that, that's, that was like his, like in, like to Nardcore. Yeah, but the demo is like not special. Uh-uh. That stuff is like Nard is like it. It got special when all those bands hit their LPs. Right. If you listen to all the all although, I will say ill repute special from the beginning. Yeah. Have you listened to those eighty two demos? Yeah. Okay. That shit is all fucking, all amazing. It's fucking good. Like, but but also the reason. Okay, so. The reason why I think they're good from the beginning is because they were the band that was meant to have that more generic hardcore sound. Where, like, all those bands, like, well, Dr. No started out and they were, like, way more generic. And they came into their own on the LP, mm -hmm. you know? Like, the first LP is ridiculous. Yeah. You know? And same with Stalag. Like, their demos is very generic, fast hardcore. And it gets recordings aren't great either. Recordings aren't great, but the songs aren't that great. No, the songs aren't great either. And it's like, but the LP is like, this is the band. Yeah, exactly. You know? So, anyway. That's that. Moving on. Rainfall. I have no idea who this band is. Rainfall. Um, kind of related to that whole, uh, like, Missing 23rd, Glass and, the Glass and Ashes oh. crowd. Um they they was are, it some of the dudes from Glass and Ashes? Yeah, I do think so. And um, they they they're super cool, dude. They like break up the comp. They're like that kind of like three point play style where they're mm -hmm. really melodic. Um, 
like almost like scramsy, like screamo ish, I'd say. Um, but heavy. Cool. Yeah, they're cool. That's cool. I can't wait to hear them. And uh, Peter Pan's Army. Great band. Yeah, very popular yeah. Ventura crusty band. Even to this right? day, yeah, they're like out of like the '90s like punk bands. I feel like a lot of the people remember them today, and they're like, "Oh yeah." Like when I talk to some of my friends, they're like, "Oh, you put Peter Pan's Army on there?" It's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah. And they were stoked, right? Oh yeah, yeah fuck yeah. yeah. And then uh, another big one, Missing Twenty Third. They were uh, they were huge out the gate, like they had a four song demo and like they were slaying it. Yeah, you know, um, there's not much to can be said about Miss Twenty Third. They were just like the kings of probably the second half of the '90s here. Mm-hmm. You know, Themino Motive, the two most popular yeah. bands. Um. And chose a great song, Control Your Life, from the demo. Time Will Tell is from what? That's from the Repeat Area 100. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and I'm not sure. I'm assuming. I don't know. I'll have to ask John. But I don't know if those are new recordings or not. Mm. Or if they're just. Because Missing Way Third, they put out like a couple demos. Like, I feel like they did a demo, then they did a 7 inch. They did a couple more demos like before they ever did that first LP. Right. Um, they did like a, that tape with like the dude and the yeah. American flag. Like, yeah. Um, it's like demo, that tape, and then I feel like a seven inch. Yeah. And then I forget what the seven inch is called. And then LP on Mankind. Well, I can tell you because I came prepared. How about that? The Missing 23rd. They did a demo in 95. Mm-hmm. They did another demo in 96. The 7 inch is 98. And then the LP is 98. The fuck? I feel like I left something off there. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I didn't come fully prepared. <laughs> but anyway. Mm. All right. So Missy Only Third Rips. Moving on is uh, Arch Enemy. And this is not the. Uh, the heavy metal band. No, which I was very confused about because it's funny. Like half these bands, I like meet them at Trader Joe's. Right. Like, members of these bands, like something will come up while I'm like, <coughs> beeping their groceries and bagging their shit. And uh-huh. Mention punk, and then we'll just be like thrown into this like pile of like punk and hardcore and like hardcore shit. And so I met the drummer Mike Starr, and he's like, "Yeah, I was in a band called Arch Enemy," and I immediately went to. Like that, like Swedish metal band. I was like, "What? They're like an 805 band?" Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, but now I found that they were like super important back then. Um, they don't have any recordings. They only have a they have a demo, and then they have the live at Mogs. Okay. And that's on YouTube too. And you took it off that. I took it off that. Yeah. So this is gonna be a live song. It's a good live song. Cool. Yeah. Cool. That's rare. Yeah. They're all mic'd up, dude. And tight. Are they metal? No. They're just punk rock. Straight up punk band, yeah. huh? And then, I don't know this band either, The Handsome Devils. Um, Operation Ivy uh, Worship. Okay. And did they do anything else? Do you know who they are? No, I don't know who they are. Um, who Did Joe or John give it to you? Uh, 
Joe. Yeah, Joe and John. They they both talked him up. Huh. Yeah, I think John gave him the music, but Joe was like, no, Joe gave him the music, and John was just like, yeah, this band just like came through, this did a year's worth of good shows, and then boom, they're gone. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's super cool. That's what this is kind of all about, though, right? Yeah, that's what a lot of these bands are like one and done bands. Yeah. And that's like the appeal, but also like the downfall, like most auction bands. Well, it's it is just any youth movement. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. I mean, we I've talked about this before, but like when you're 17 years old, nine months is such a long it feels time like span. Forever. You know, where like when you're in your 30s or your 40s, like nine months is like blink of an eye, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, bands are around. Like I was, Max and I, Max has helped me out a lot. We work together and we'll talk about these things because sometimes like we'll look on Discogs and think that things are wrong. Mm-hmm. Like it says I'm no motive seven inches, 96, but it was like definitely 95. And we'll talk about like these discographies and I think to myself, like how long was I in? Like, I guess the odds for, and like, I swear to God, I think I was like, maybe I was only in it for like 10 months. <laughs> like that might've been the whole band. Yeah. The whole band might've only been around for 10 months. It was like, like fucking forever. I know. I felt like it was like this legit band, but like, but I don't think that band was even around for a year, which is so weird because, like, it it had to get – like, you know, when you're doing, like, a discography, like, you have these tentpole moments. And it's like there's only a certain time frame that Against All Odds could have been around. Yeah. If Voice started, like, before 97. And, you know. Yeah. And, and you and, just forget. You just forget. And it's just so weird. Then... Yeah, so weird. Um, and that wraps it because the last two songs – our mine, it doesn't matter. Um, was my first punk band, and we, yeah, we like we recorded with John Lyons in uh, in Galita, and like so we recorded for a demo, but because like No Motive came and put out that seven inch, like we didn't want to just do a demo; we wanted to do a seven inch, but like it's actually kind of hard to do when you're fifteen, sixteen. Yeah. So like we're idiots, and like recorded this shit and it never came out yeah. because like we broke up before we did a seven inch, you know? And it's like, when you're young, you should just record it and put it out Yeah, and not think about it. No. Just like go for it. Just like, do it. yeah. So like, like same with all my bands, like early bands. Yeah. Like, we had like fucking what, MySpace songs. Yeah. MySpace. It's good. Songs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like until you're like to the level of doing like LP quality stuff, mm-hmm. Just get it out. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's so important to like work through it all. Um, And so we were really lucky that we were on the localism comp because otherwise it would have been like all gone. Because like, for instance, Against All Odds did the same thing. Uh We're like, oh, we're going to put out a seven inch. And that's like what that recording is for and broke up again before like we did a seven inch. It's like, we should just put out that fucking thing as a demo. Yeah. So stupid. Let's make a tape. Yeah. You know, but what are you going to do? And then the last song in here is Against All Odds, so finally we'll be on tape. Oh, Making the decision weird. that uh, I should have made when I was 16. Now, is that the riff from uh, Nartro? On here? Yeah. Uh, maybe. It sounds the it's same. just three notes. It's the same riff, dude. It's got to be. <laughs> da, 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 da. That's, that's funny, dude. There's a lyric on the song that says, A thousand people die on a jet, 
but marijuana hasn't killed one person yet. Are you fucking serious? <laughs> what jet holds a thousand people, dude? Like that's like straight up pre-internet. Like I didn't have an encyclopedia. I couldn't like look up like, hey, how many people you are didn't on a even jet? Check your shit. I know. Just like a thousand people sounds legit. I know. I was like, dude, you know, like a big ass jet. Like I've seen those like two-story jets. There's gotta be a thousand motherfuckers on there, you know? But yeah, no, I guess like a jet holds up to like 300 people you or something. Like, I can't, I, was it, I can drink, a, I have a fucking drink, but it doesn't mean I can't think. Yeah, shit. that's probably a generic line that everyone's that, used, right? Are you straight No. Oh. That's like, this is like an anti straight song. Oh, tight. Because everyone around me was, and it's just like, that's a fad, <laughs> you know? You don't give a shit about your fucking trends. Yeah, it was, but. I guess all was it was it was a interesting band for me to be in, you know. Like, so we did it doesn't matter, and when it wrapped up, like, uh, not, I won't tell. I'll tell the story off. But anyway, so that that goes through. So the reflections, uh, tape. It's a whole thing, dude. Tape or LP. It's either gonna be tape or fucking. LP is amb- ambitious. It is. I mean, if I could, like scrape in like two G's. That's what it would cost. I mean, two G's without an insert. Oh, I make the inserts anyways. Yeah, yeah. That's like where this whole thing came out of. Like, it was just I, I like making flyers. Yeah. And then I I was a nerd for all this nerd shit, so I figured I'd have a project to encompass both. I think it's rad. Yeah. I am like legitimately excited by it. And did it seem like Joe and John are both excited? Oh yeah, they're just like yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's. Again, it's just like so happy when people do stuff. Yeah, you know? that's what it's all about. It's just like just get inspired and fucking like pull the trigger and do it. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's kind of what I'm trying to do with this thing. Is like, if I don't know, what's the worst that can happen? Exactly. Yeah, you know what I mean, like, yeah, I just i i really liked um, that turned out a punk podcast. Yeah, 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 a lot, and like. He was just like, man, I love how Damien interviews people. Like, and his personality is infectious. I love like how big of a record nerd he is. But I was like, I even sent an email once because he used to talk a lot about like the mystic stuff, mm-hmm. like on the earlier shows. And I wrote him, I was like, dude, you should interview Tony Cortez. You know? Yeah. And he never wrote me back or nothing. But it's like anytime that you tell someone else what they should do, yeah, you should just fucking go do just it. Do yourself. Yeah, yeah. So it's exactly. like, dude. I'm going to interview Tony Cortez tomorrow. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's what it's all about. That's yeah. what, that's just what like, I wanted to do. Just doing it, dude. Yeah. Okay. You just got to do it. And then like. If you love it, do it. Yeah. Or it's not going to happen. You're going to be like, oh, I wish I fucking. Like, I love like Oxnard shit. Like, I wish I started that band. Or like, I wish I represented the, the city and whatever level you wanted to or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so I'm just stoked. It's just going to take time. It's like. DIY, it just takes time. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, best of luck with it. I can't wait till it comes out. Yeah, man. All right. Let's wrap this up.